how was your Halloween? Mmm. I'd rather not say over the air. I feel like I'd have to change the names to protect the guilty. Okay. No. I'm glad we're on the same page. You can't see us, but we just shook hands. Yes, yes. Lord, how how, how was your Halloween? It was fun. I handed out candy. Oh, that's always nice. And, if I may make a pitch to the viewers, try if you can. If you know that you're going to be handing out candy to trick-or-treaters... Remember to have some nut-free options available. Oh, yeah. We can't have anyone get hep- hemmed up with anaphylactic shock. You know, you gotta be, you got to be careful because some ch- kids have nut allergies and others have gluten allergies and but gelatin you're li- allergies. You're a, you're a lot less likely to hand out little miniature glutens. <laughs> There, there was a pair, there was Where a, unlike Reese's miniature peanut butter cups, which are for the non-nut allergic, the best trick or treat candy. Very much so. There, th- that's not even a question, quite honestly. Although I will say that I will, if there's any hill I'll die on, it's going to be that of candy corn. I like candy corn. Yeah, I know, but there are a lot of people who apparently don't. They think it's disgusting and terrible and i'm just yeah, thinking the, to myself, yeah i mean they're the halloween version of people who scream about pineapple on pizza it's one thing to not like it it's another thing to get actively angry at it here's the thing what person tried i do to, love anchovies okay that's fine i don't but someone once tried to accuse me of being one of those people that just complains about something that they've heard other people complain about without actually trying it i've tried pineapple on pizza it's legitimately disgusting that's not fair to the people who, I guess, want to vehemently hate candy corn, but at the same time, I love that shit. I don't understand what's wrong with you. Although there was one time when I saw someone, and I think there was something on Reddit, where someone actually put candy corn on a pizza. That's that's just sacrilege. You, that's you, that's you're like Freddie. Do you remember that one uh, Freddie Krueger, Fre- you know, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, Street with yeah. the pizza with the eyes? Well, uh, with the with the well, it wasn't eyes; it was like faces. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Nightmare on Elm Street Four. I just listened to a podcast about that. That's because, a little the same, like yeah. putting candy corn. It. This is basically what you want to do to offer up as a tribute to the Dark Lord to break the seventh seal and bring about the apocalypse. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's basically what you're doing. When this you're, is what you feed to your enemy when you can't get any of their children to kill and roast Game of Thrones style. Yeah, I was. This is the vegetarian option for that. <laughs> this it candy corn on pizza is vengeance made into what could hardly be called food. I mean, and I have to assume that some whoever did this did this just so they could post a picture of it, just so that they could upset scores of people on the internet, <laughs> as is that's what the internet is for. But still... The you internet had... is for rage. The <laughs> internet is for rage. It's an aggregate for rage. It really is. And Rage and lust. Rage and lust. Um... But, unfortunately, that is not the name of the anime that we're going to be watching today, because this is Casting the Net. This is your go-to podcast for movies that may have gotten a limited theatrical release, if they got a theatrical release at all, but they are available on your handy-dandy streaming platforms. 
So however you like to enjoy movies in the comfort of your own home, those are the movies we're going to be talking about. I am Ken K, and the one who likes anchovies on pizza, Cohen, is right beside me. Hi, and uh, before we begin, this is presented by Sturgill Simpson, but it is a Netflix original, and that's where it can be found. Yes, this is a Netflix original, and it is Sturgill Simpson Presents Sound and Fury. But does this Sound and Fury signify something? Well, or does it signify nothing? Mm, this, these are all good questions, and we will definitely be talking about that, because basically what we have is a concept album. This is, you know, Sturgill Simpson is a well-known musician among country and folk rock artists. And Jim Jarmusch. And Jim Jarmusch, as his seminal classic, The Dead Don't Die, was featured rather prominently in Jarmusch's last film, also titled The Dead Don't Die. And before we started recording, Cohen and I were talking about the fact that we didn't think that Sturgill Sturgill Simpson was an actual person. Because it just sounds like a folksy name. Yeah, and the way that the song is used in the film and the way he's he's referenced repeatedly by multiple characters it sounded like something that was done as a joke and which it was which, in one sense of course it was totally but it was so to the point that we didn't think that this was a real that Sturgill Simpson under that name was an actual person so imagine our surprise to discover that no, Sturgill Simpson is an actual real life person and Which has... in retrospect just shows our ignorance of country music because he won Best Country at the Grammys a few years back. Yeah, like that's the that's the crazy thing. He's he is an award winning artist. He used to have a band that he was with and then he went solo. He's and, got a good sound. And one of the things that really caught me off guard in watching this anime was just, first of all, it's the fact that you have someone who's known for country and folk rock type music and sort of southern rock and down-home blues, and he has this whole idea of creating a narrative that is turned into an anime and having that be the through line for his latest album. And it's mind-boggling, because you've got this whole intro with this character driving in a muscle car, and it's very dynamic and very photorealistic, but you still have that animated quality to it that you can recognize and latch on to. And then it goes into all of these different vignettes, which are represented for each song on the album, so to speak. And are represented in different styles. And different styles. There are a some lot of, of them are interconnected, some aren't. Yep. Because there are a lot of uh, different animators on this uh, Michael Oreas, you have Masayuki Matsumoto, uh, Junpei Mizusaki. Who also shared a writing credit with Simpson. Yes, who also has a writing credit. I know they've worked on some pretty interesting titles and probably stuff that I've that I'm familiar with as someone who watches a fair amount of anime. 
Um, one of the bigger names on this is uh, Koji Murimoto, who's worked on everything from Akira to Kiki's Delivery Service, The Animatrix. So those are some pretty big titles to have on your on your resume leading into a project like this. And it's just crazy to see all of the different styles of animation and having following this story where again you have this mysterious figure who seems to be on a path of revenge against these two sort of grotesques grotesques yes and you kind of get the backstory of the people that were killed and seeing this now this figure grown up but seeing them as um seeing them younger and having them go through the process of witnessing what happens and just there's a lot to it and obviously there's no vocals for them so they're not explaining the story so you're just seeing this all play out and all you have is Sturgill Simpson's music going through. And it's kind of crazy because, like we already said, our first in exposure to this artist was through a very folksy down-home song for a zombie comedy. And you don't really get that frame of reference of how versatile he is as far as a musician, because you get to something like Sound and Fury, and everything is a lot more up-tempo. There's a lot more diverse instrumentation, because he's got synthesizers in there, he's got electric guitars, and he's doing a lot more that's sort of has this futuristic aesthetic to it that complements the actual animation really well. Yeah, it's it is certainly a very good series of music videos, but does it work as a cohesive whole? I would say that it does, and just from a standpoint of I think the only thing that breaks it up is that there's one section of it that is actually live action. Yeah, that was odd. Like the person who's skateboarding in around the city in a hazmat suit. No, no, I, I remember the yeah. sequence. But that and that's where you get to like one of the slower songs on the album, and it's a lot more down tempo and a little more dour. But you have a lot of interesting stuff happening during like probably around the halfway point, especially when it just becomes this big dance number. <laughs> Yeah, which I don't think we should describe because no. describing it would take the fun out of it. Yeah, all we can really say is that it's very bizarre. I, several times during the concept video or concept album, which I did enjoy. Yeah. But I remember I wrote it down. Yes. I made notes. Mm-hmm. The visuals in Sound and Fury are what a straight-edge kid thinks being high looks like. <laughs> I mean... This is what somebody who has never smoked up thinks happens if you smoke up and watch anime. Uh, 
Sometimes it could just be a matter of interpretation. Honestly, I'm 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 only oh, saying. I'm that, not saying there's yeah. explicit drug like. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that he was high or is encouraging people to be high. I mean, the no, visuals but, are. Yeah, and I think that's one thing to consider. Just because I remember one anime that I watched while under the influence of greenery and. It's funny because I was explicitly told not to watch it. Watch that particular particular one. anime, and I just thought, as hey, you know, what challenge accepted? And no, that's on you. Yeah, that that was totally on me because I was just sitting there watching everything play out and thinking to myself, "What have I done? What have gone I done? Ag- gone against good sense and good counsel." Yeah, yeah, that's the poor life choices of Ken K coming this fall to the CW. Oh lord. It 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 was Wait, is there still a CW? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Freeform? ABC Family. Nothing that I can tell. I just don't happen to watch anything on the network. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 midway point where there's a dance sequence that breaks out, and it's kind of Warhol-inspired as well. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And, yeah, it's just yeah, very... This, this it's, movie wears its visual influences on its sleeve. It's so bizarre. It's Holds them in both hands, shoots the visual... Im- Im- <laughs> yeah, like, just... It knocks you over the head with what it's referencing. It really is. And you have... Which isn't necessarily bad. No, not at all. And I think for something like this, you kind of have to be very bold with it because it's very high concept, and you just kind of have to aim for the fences with it and hope for the best. Well, it's like Fantasia. Yeah, very much. No, it, yeah, it's, it exactly. exactly. Jinx. <laughs> yeah, with Fantasia. I owe you a Coke, Smithers. <sighs> My name isn't Smithers. Mm. Didn't you just ever want Smithers to just reach out and bitch slap that old man? Of course. But you knew he never would. Nope. He was he was whipped. He was whipped. He was loyal as any dog would be. And he felt yeah, the burn. He he sure certainly did. When was the last time you even watched The Simpsons? Oh, that was years ago. Yeah. I would say I think I stopped around the time the first the the movie came out. Hey, you know what? I don't begrudge them their paychecks. Yeah, no, not at all. But um, hashtag tangent. Um, only semi tangent because we're still talking about animation. But anyway. <laughs> but in the sense that it, there aren't all that many movies that take this kind of ambitious approach to just matching animation to song. Yeah. Like, you see the work he put in. Very much so. And it does kind of almost remind me a little bit of Moonwalker, which still holds up, if you ask me. I do agree that you don't really have a lot of projects like this where you do have a lot of people who will put out... A video album, obviously Beyonce's done it a bunch of times. Which are great. And those are just straightforward music videos, but you rarely have a situation where someone says, okay, the only other time I can think of is when Daft Punk did 
Interstellar 5555 for their album. What was it? Was it was it Discovery? The one that had One More Time and Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Discovery. That was a whole complete narrative, and it was a lot more... Uh... Oh, yeah. It's the animated musical based on landmark album Discovery. Yes. And that was a lot more straightforward than this. <clears throat> and it was one specific director and one specific art style for the whole thing. So that was a, arguably a lot more co- cohesive than this probably is, because I'm getting the impression well, that... Well, it's not arguably more cohesive, it's more cohesive. No, it is. Okay, That's yeah, that's fair. So were you of the opinion that this was a little scatterbrained as far as Sound and Fury was concerned? I wouldn't say scatterbrained. That's, okay. It's nonlinear, mm-hmm. but I mean... it. It feels like I also wrote down Sound and Sound and Fury is a movie that wants you to ask what it means. It wants it's made to inspire theories. Okay. I didn't think about it that way honestly. The best way to enter- enjoy entertainment that's trying to be deep isn't to enjoy it on a shallow level. <laughs> and there's plenty to enjoy. It's good music, great visuals, a lot of fun. It clocks in at 41 minutes which is exactly as long as it should clock in at. More yeah. would be too much. Yeah. I think the last segment, the one just before the credits, because I know that there's another segment after the credits, but the one just before the credits, that's the one where they get very abstract with it. That's the one that I'm kind of sitting there wondering, all right, what is this one supposed to be about? And kind of tried to rack my brain around the concept of it because other other stuff feels a little more straightforward and a little more action-based especially when you've got techno samurais and mech robots and all that sort of stuff coming into play and again you have these very different styles on display some are very sketchy like some of the one the one at some the of them are t- literal sketches yeah like, some of them are meant to look unfinished and very crude, sort of like... I mean, unfinished, certainly. I wouldn't call anything here crude. Well, I think you just think of, like, the fluidity of certain animation versus, I think, where you... I think the one where the... um the two villains are at the temple. That's the one where it feels very sketchy and very, um, I don't want to say haphazard, but there's a lot less polish to that segment than compared to the other ones. Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely more of a, Hey, look at me. I'm kind of like being a woodcut. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's absolutely deliberate. Oh, and no doubt. Yeah, it's staged like a woodcut, the backgrounds. One wonders why the rest of the monks come out. That's true, yeah. Ah, uh, this isn't the Boxer Rebellion, guys. <laughs> but yeah, you have like some very interesting profiles and silhouettes and... Colors. 
colors. It's very colorful. And I think when you get into scenes of swordplay and you're seeing these different characters that you wouldn't expect to be engaged in a samurai fight that starts to you start to have i expect anyone to challenge me to a samurai fight at any time but it's just nice to see all these incongruous elements that come together in this story and it makes for something that's very dynamic visually and I had a lot of fun with it. So I think for the most part, it does succeed in what it's trying to do. And I guess what it's trying to do is be provocative, but at the same time, just be like, you know what? Just listen to the music, watch some cool visuals, and take with it what you will. There's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. I think there's always there's always a good time for an animation to kind of come in and just be what it is without the burden of okay, does it have to make sense? Does it have to lay out everything that the storyteller wants you to see in it? And I think another example would probably be Eon Flux. Where that was, again, something that I think Peter Chung, who the creator, just wanted to do as sort of an experiment. And they started out as these nonverbal vignettes. And then once it became a whole series and people started talking and they started incorporating dialogue, there's still a way in which the characters all speak to one another that feels very deliberately obtuse. <laughs> and it's one of my the one of my favorite animated series of all time just cuz it has this very dynamic look to it as far as the character designs where everyone's just got these very long angular bodies and there's a suggestiveness to it where a lot of people are in gear that most would probably consider S&M type bondage, and that's just how certain people would dress every day, including the main character of Eon Flux, and the whole dynamic between her and Trevor, because she's supposed to be the hero and he's supposed to be the villain, and they're inexplicably drawn to one another, and there's no never... No intended. Yes. <laughs> Touché, madame. I lo- that, that was a good one, I have to admit, Colin. <laughs> But it's just funny to see how you still have influence of a show like that in in Sound and Fury to a certain extent. Particularly the risque elements. Very much this so. This is a gory and sexual uh, album. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff Mr. Simpson is trying to get off his chest here. Blood, mostly. Yeah, a lot of blood, a lot of blood. So So much blood. Yes, but I mean, there's that visceral quality to it. With actual viscera. Yes, especially when it relates specifically to anime as its own subgenre of animation in general. And just kind of 
not necessarily be grotesque. I mean, to in some cases, yes, be grotesque, but also try and make something that you can still find some level of beauty and wonder in. Oh yeah, a lot of this, there's a lot of beauty to be found here. There are a couple of villains uh, who are the grotesques, and yeah. I think it's used well. They get so bloated. <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, this is this is a solid four good pies out of five. Like, I, I really enjoyed it, and it was great to discover more of Sturgill Simpson's music because I was not familiar with him as an artist. and to Or s- indeed of his... <laughs> Of him as a real person. Or, or as him as a real person. So to have this as even more of an introduction to who he is as a musician and a storyteller now, that was that was something that was very satisfi- satisfying to watch play out. Like you said, this is very short and sweet. This is about 40, 41, 45 minutes. And it kind of breezes along 42 including credits okay about 42 minutes but yeah even like the credit sequence there's still stuff visually going on that you can take in and absorb so i yeah i had a lot of fun with it you know what i'll say the same four out of five yep sounds good to me but anyway, if you'd like to reach us on social media, we are available on Facebook and Twitter at CTN Podcast. We also have an Instagram account that you can check out. So just type in Casting the Net Podcast and you will find us. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud every Friday with all new episodes. So make sure you hit us up with those star rate. Hit us up with those star ratings. Make sure you follow. And if you have any recommendations on movies for us to check out, or if you would like to share your own thoughts on Sturgill Simpson Presents Sound and Fury, please go ahead and email us at castingthedeadpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, keep on streaming and have fun.